In a change of pace, we're going to do a little devotion today as we dive into one of my favorite passages of Scripture and see from it that you and I really are not in control. Hey, I'm Jay Holland, and I want to welcome you to Let's Parent on Purpose. This is a podcast for families who want to thrive and not just survive their parenting years. Each week, I'll bring you an insight or an interview that will help strengthen your marriage, parenting, or your walk with Jesus. If you find this podcast helpful, I would ask that you subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also go to letsparentonpurpose.com and search for past topics, as well as get a hold of free resources that I've created to help your family. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. I've been a big fan of Audible for a number of years, and if you've never tried it out, now can be a good time for you to check it for free. Go to audibletrial.com slash letsparentonpurpose, and you can download your first Audible book for free. If you're wondering what to get, I have really been enjoying a book called Parenting by Paul David Tripp, which is just a good reminder of how the gospel shapes our parenting Uh, And a lot of truths just really kind of help set you free from some of the control factors and fear factors that you might have in parenting. Additionally, I want to let you know, I'm going to start something called Things on Thursdays. For those of you who are part of my email list, um, if you're not, you can go to letsparentonpurpose.com, and there's a banner there. Sign up. You'll get a copy of the Fun Family Conversations ebook that I made. And I'm just going to share a couple things each week, either articles that I found that are really helpful Uh, maybe a book that I'm reading that's good. I just don't want to deluge the podcast all the time with that. Uh, Also, because it's really hard to remember things that you hear in a podcast. So I'll have it on there. I'll have the links to it. Um, And if you like it, great. If it's it's a nuisance to you, you don't ever have to read it. Just want to let you know about it as a service to you. If you've been listening over the summer, I've done a number of different items from You Ask, I Answer series. And now as we're gearing back up into the school year, I just want to spend a little bit of time in God's Word with you, walk through one of my favorite psalms, and then talk about how this is applicable in my life and your life for right now. Uh, So let me just pray and ask for God to guide our time. Lord, I thank you for uh, my friends that are listening here. I thank you for your Word. I thank you for all of the, the great things that we've experienced this summer. And I ask as we go into your Word that you would steady our hearts, that you would Give us the the very Word of God that we need and help us to understand where it hits in our life. Give us the strength and courage to trust you, Lord, to obey you, and and to leave our kids resting in your hands, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, on my last podcast, which I was talking about starting the school year off well, I mentioned one of my favorite psalms, and I thought, I just really want to spend some more time walking through this psalm with you. So this is Psalm 127, absolutely one of my favorite passages in Scripture. Um, It's a song, a song of ascent. So this is one of the songs that they would sing as they were marching up the hills and up the the steps to the temple in Jerusalem each year. And uh, it's just really been one of those that has had a powerful impact in my life. I might share a little bit of that as, as we go along. Psalm 127 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. It's vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. 
Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. And that's it. So this psalm starts out but with a really powerful reminder that unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. Uh, and, and when you think about your family, um, you think of all of the protective measures that, that you have put in place. Uh, you know, hopefully you have health insurance you, you pay for insurance on your home. You pay for car insurance, 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 insurance. You spend so much money um, trying to protect from the unknown. You know, you, you try to have savings. You do all of these things to guide your children and, and try to treat them well. And yet you realize there are certain points that come when you realize that you are just not in control. No matter how many safeguards you put up, no matter how much of a bubble you've tried to wrap yourself and your family around, you're just not in control. And that can be a really terrifying thing to some people. But what it should be is it should be an incredibly freeing thing. Because what I realize is that I am responsible, but I'm not in control. So that, what does that mean? It's like, I. that sounds bad, right? I'm responsible, but I'm not in control. Wouldn't it be better if I was... If, I, if I'm going to be responsible, that I got, got to be in control of everything? Well, it just doesn't work that way. So I'm responsible to be faithful with what God has put in front of me, but I'm not in control of the outcome. I'm not in control of my child's heart. I'm not in control of the weather. I'm not in control of how other people react to me. I'm only responsible for my decisions, my intentions, my reactions, um, God's given me duties to do, but, but the outcomes are often a mystery. Now, eternally, we know that God works them for good, but in the day-to-day, you just don't know. Um, but I think that's a freedom. Because if I'm not in control, according to Psalm 127, God is in control. And so I, I can rest much better at night knowing that God's in control than if I were in control. Unless the Lord builds a house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. This this summer, I had the joy of taking 101 students and leaders from our church to Camp Livingstones, uh, which is a Christian church camp in Etowah, Tennessee. Really, really love this camp. Highly recommend it. On Thursday night of camp, so the one of the last nights of camp, they pack everybody into buses, and we drive up this mountain called Buck Bald. And, and it's a mountain in Tennessee that the top of it has been shaved off. And when you get up there, it is spectacular. You can see, uh, I counted nine different mountain ridges in one direction. I know you're in Tennessee. You can see North Carolina. You can see Georgia. You know, you can see the hills of South Florida if you look really, really hard. Um, you can see a long way. And, and we were watching this pocket of rain over here and, and lightning way off in the distance, and then this storm forum, and we're wondering, is it going to come our way? And then it dissipated. Uh, and, and I was actually, you know, we were watching this because I, I was going to be preaching to the, the students and the leaders 
up on top of that mountain. And man, I was so excited because I was going to talk about the power and the majesty of God and how, you know, like God being powerful, uh, God's glory is the greatest gift that you could possibly have because it's the greatest good that you can have. Uh, Because if God is, you know, ultimate power and the epitome of love, then what could be greater than than sharing in that, the reflection of God's goodness in our life? And uh, so I was going to talk about His majesty and power, and it was going to be so inspiring as all of the kids looked out over the mountains and everything. And then this black cloud formed really quickly right above us, and we saw one mountain ridge over, uh, kind of a downpour happening, but it didn't look too big. So we're like, okay, everybody get to the buses. We'll load in the buses. We'll let this pass real quick. Then we'll come out. We'll have dinner. I'll do my really inspiring message. At least six of them will remember it until the next day. It'll be great. Instead, we get in there, and pretty quickly the rain starts, probably just a couple minutes after we get into the buses. Not even a couple minutes. I was getting hit by rain as we get in the bus. But within a couple minutes, the our view starts to narrow closer and closer as this wall of rain comes. And now it's pouring on us as we're in the bus. Uh, and I, I was in our, our, we have this little church community coach that seats 15 people and some of the adult leaders who got in there because there wasn't enough room in the school buses that the camp had. Uh, and, and I found out later that the, 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 the like escape hatches on top of the school bus had been broken off. So as it was raining, it was actually like pouring inside on the kids who are inside the school bus. Um, but then all of a sudden I looked down for a second and a blinding white light hits everywhere with an immediate, just absolute burst of thunder. You know, everybody in our bus levitates, jumps up, terrified. And I look over and that lightning has struck so close, it's actually sheared grass shards off that have splattered on the side of our bus. It must not have been five, ten feet away. And and I don't think there's ever been a moment in my life, especially with a collective hundred people, where we have all felt so small, felt so powerless. Now, it was great because everybody was in a vehicle. We were all in, you know, under the tire insulation. So we were good. Nobody got hurt. Our sweet bus, Irene, she died. Uh, a couple other of the vehicles died. That, that electric burst was so powerful, it messed up their systems. Uh, but we were all safe uh, in, in the shelter of that bus. But we all felt so small. Um, but but this smallness, like as we talked about it later, th- this smallness didn't make us feel insignificant. Actually, you just stopped thinking about yourself altogether. You were just in awe of the power of God. And if the Lord is the one that sustains the house, if the Lord is the one that sustains your family, that's a good place for it to be. And if if you're trying everything in your power and not relying on God to be the one to hold your family together... Uh, what the psalmist says is it's vain. It's vain for you to rise up early and to go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. You know, that's something that that evades some people is sleep. And it's something that you can ask God for. God, give me sweet sleep. You know, God, would you help me have rest from the day enough to where I can sleep at night? It goes on to say, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. And the fruit of a womb a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them, for he will not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gates. 
Do you look at your children as arrows? Do you look at them as uh, these objects of power and influence, especially for the Lord, that you get to gather, sharpen, and ultimately launch into the world on behalf of Christ? Do you, do you value each of your children as, a, as an own unique arrow that, that God is molding and shaping and getting to you? Like, he uses you to do that. That's pretty exciting. I, I remember it's been five years. Actually, this is a pretty amazing time in our life that this current week marks five years since my son first got his uh, diagnosis of no detectable cancer. Uh, A few months earlier, he had been diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, uh, cancer of the blood, had started heavy, heavy chemo treatment, and about four months later, that was the last blood test that we had that detected cancer. And yet, we continued the chemo treatment for three and a half years, because that's what the protocol was. But I remember that first week that he got cancer and, and wrestling through some of the issues that we had, some real terror, not just about him, but um, we were in the, the foster system. We were planning to adopt. Things were really hard. And now all of a sudden we realize we're in this life and death battle for, for our child. And, and, you know, there was real questions. What do we do with our little foster girl? Uh, there's plenty of... of people, to be honest, that were encouraging, you know, you should just give her up. This is clearly of the Lord for you to give her up. And we wrestled through that. And and I remember that week sitting down and opening my journal up, and I had this psalm written out. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake. You know, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, are the children of one's youth. And I realized that, number one, with my son, who, uh, whose blood was filled with cancer, we were going to go through all of the treatment. You know, he was diagnosed very high likelihood of relapse, and by God's grace, he has not relapsed. But it didn't matter what we did. It didn't matter what we tried to protect him from. We could bubble him from the world, and we we're going to do every wise thing we can. But unless the Lord is in the preserving of his life, his life is not going to continue. And there was a freedom in that, an absolute freedom in that. And then additionally, to read down, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children's of one children of one's youth. And remembering this little girl who we are on the, on the doorstep of adoption, she is our arrow. And you don't get many arrows in life. Some people don't get any arrows. Some people only get one arrow, and and she's our arrow. And you don't give up your arrows. Uh, You definitely don't give them up lightly. And and the Lord used this psalm to confirm a couple of major, major steps in my life of trusting in Him, not trusting in the doctors, not trusting in the chemo, not trusting in that process, even though we're going to do it, but the trust was going to be in God for the preservation of our family and that God had given us this little girl as an arrow. And I look, I'm five years later and I can't tell you that it's easy. Can't tell you that everything has gone remotely according to plan. I can give you the celebration of, of a cancer free boy who's about to enter the sixth grade and is nervous and excited about it. Um, but it doesn't mean that everything's easy. It's never going to be easy though. 
There's never going to be a time where everything in your life is exactly how you want it. There's never going to be a time where um, there's not at least that one thing that if you could just change that one thing, you would think that everything would be fine. And it's never going to be like that. There's always going to be that one thing. Until Jesus comes back and sets the world new, you will always have at least that one thing. Think about it in your life right now. There's probably this one thing you're like, if this would just change, everything would be better. But you know if it changed really soon, there would be another looming one thing that would take that over, right? So what does this mean? This requires daily dependence on us and the Lord. It requires us to continually re-examine our lives in light of the gospel. All right, in light of the fact that I'm built for eternity and that Jesus died to redeem me and that he has a plan and that he's going to set all things new and he's going to redeem our bodies and restore uh, a broken world and going to judge evil and reward righteousness. In light of all of that, how do I then view whatever my worry of the day, my one thing is? And for me, Psalm 127 is just one of those continual grounding forces in my life of remembering that if God is not in it, there's no sense in me being in it. If God doesn't sustain it, then I can stay up all night and, and, and it will go to nothing. And so I just want to encourage you, the one thing or the 10 things that you're walking through right now, can you trust these things in the hands of Jesus? Can you entrust him? It doesn't mean that it's going to go like you think it's going to go. But do you believe that Jesus will be there, whatever the outcome is? Has God given you the grace for today? If he's giving you the grace for today, what makes you think that you're going to wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden his grace is not going to be there? He'll be there. I want to encourage you to, to memorize this psalm, Psalm 127. I want you to encourage you to, to read it. I want you to encourage you to look at, at the children in your house like arrows in the hand of a mighty warrior and invest in them uh, like you would in, in any kind of thing that you're going to use to radically shape and change the world. The Lord's giving you these precious little arrows. So we, we gather them, we take care of them, we you know, we straighten their feathers on their backs so that they're, they fly true. We work on our aim so that we're pointing them in the right direction. We sharpen them so that, so that they're very effective. But at some point, you know, you release, you let it fly, and then you absolutely have no control over what happens next. And that's where it's good to remember that they're the Lord's arrows, not just mine. And that I really have way less control over most things in life than I would ever think. If you can get this, it's a freedom. If you can own it, it will release you of so much worry and anxiety. And you might need to be constantly reminded of it. If you are, uh, like if you're reminded and you're encouraged now, I would encourage you to do that to somebody else. Remind them to. And unless the Lord builds their house, the building is in vain. And unless the Lord watches over their issues, they're all going to fall apart. So let's take this as a freedom uh, not as a not as a gift to do nothing. We're going to do our part. We're going to work hard, but we're going to do so as the kind of people that trust that God is in it. And if God's not in it, there's no sense in being in it anyway. And so, hey, if this resonated with you today, 
uh, I would love to pray for you. If you would like the prayer, you don't have anybody to pray with you, or you just want me to pray with you as well. I would love to pray for, for your one thing. I mean, we've all got these one things, right? And I would love to hear from you. What is your one thing that you really need to work and trust the Lord in? Uh, if you'd like to share it with me, just jay at letsparentonpurpose.com. Um, that's the, the easiest and best way, jay at letsparentonpurpose.com. And I would love uh, to hear from you, to hear what the Lord's doing in your life and, and how I might pray for you. Because I really appreciate you listening, really appreciate you investing this time in your personal walk with Jesus and in your marriage and parenting. It's an encouragement to me. And so let's do this together and, uh, and, and glorify Jesus in our own hearts first before we think that it's going to happen in our families. Friend, thanks so much for listening today. I pray it's been a blessing to you. And if it has, please share this episode with somebody that you care about. If God lays it on your heart, I'd love for you to consider joining our Patreon support community. You can find out about that by going to lessparentonpurpose.com. Finally, if you've got a topic that you'd like to hear me address, send me an email at jay at lessparentonpurpose.com or give me a shout on the Let's Parent on Purpose Facebook page. Hey, please never forget that parenting is a marathon, not a sprint, and that you need a good church family to thrive through all of the different challenges that you're going to face. Keep pointing each other to Jesus and enjoy the gift of life that God's giving you today. Hey, whatever season you're in, it won't always be this way. So set your hope on Christ and not your circumstances. Have a blessed day, and I'll talk to you soon.
And so, hey, if this resonated with you today, uh, I would love to pray for you. If you would like the prayer, you don't have anybody to pray with you, or you just want me to pray with you as well. I would love to pray for, for your one thing. I mean, we've all got these one things, right? And I would love to hear from you. What is your one thing that you really need to work and trust the Lord in? Uh, if you'd like to share it with me, just jay at letsparentonpurpose.com. Um, that's the, the easiest and best way, jay at letsparentonpurpose.com. And I would love uh, to hear from you, to hear what the Lord's doing in your life and, and how I might pray for you. Because I really appreciate you listening, really appreciate you investing this time in your personal walk with Jesus and in your marriage and parenting. It's an encouragement to me. And so let's do this together and, uh, and, and glorify Jesus in our own hearts first before we think that it's going to happen in our families.